Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, 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 August 7th, 2023. What's going on? How are you? How are you? I am, uh, I'm on vacation. I'm winding down my vacation. Only got one more day of vacation, and then it's back to the fucking ride. Um, but I had an amazing time. Me and my family have been staying down here in Martha's Vineyard. Um, there's no wine on Martha's Vineyard. If some white dude a long time ago had a daughter or a wife named Martha, and he named the island after her and probably did not check in on the people that were already living there. <laughs> Either the people that were originally there or the people that killed the people that were there or re-educated them to their Methodist ways. Whatever the fuck happened over there, I don't know. But all I know is I came by three, four hundred years later and I had a lovely time. Um, been having a lovely time. Uh, I will tell you this. If you've never been to Martha's Vineyard, you got to check it out, man. It's absolutely gorgeous. They shot Jaws here. Way back in 74, came out in the 1975, I believe, and began the summer blockbuster craze. You can thank Jaws, right? That fucking movie, why every summer Tom Cruise saves us from something. No Jaws, no Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise would have been doing like fucking, I don't know what he would have been doing. He'd been doing a Western or some shit. Um, yeah, I believe that was the first one that just caused this absolute, which is, is nuts to me because I would think that, you know, there was big hit movies before then. You would think that there would be lines down the street. But I think this was the one that was sort of almost like a pop song where it just appealed to everybody and everybody wanted to go see it. And, you know, and then, of course, Star Wars a couple of years later. So anyway, it was shot down there. And uh, there's a lot of ice cream, a lot of ice cream to be had (laughs) down that way. Um, What else? A lot of people eating ice cream down there. I will say that. I have never seen so much fucking ice cream consumed in my life. Like every five... In my life, every like five feet, there was another place to get ice cream and there was a bunch of people standing outside, not saying anything, fucking eating ice cream. Eating ice cream. And I did not, I didn't get ice cream once when I was there. I was like, I'm not doing that. I am not going to be waddling down the street in a pair of fucking salmon colored shorts, open toed sandals, being just a yet another person waddling down the street. Um... Actually, I'm lying. There weren't that many fat fucks on the island. I don't think there was. You know, they couldn't have made the ferry ride over. You know, they'd have to hang them off the side. (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, and while I was on the island, I did the most incredible um, touristy thing I've ever done in my life. All right. Wait, I. Yeah, wait a second. Before I get going, I on like one of the nights I was out there, I popped in and did a stand-up show, 
in uh, Oaks Bluff, or OB, as the locals call it, um, at the Strand Theater, I want to say. Uh, Steve Capers runs that thing. And I got to work with uh, Damon Williams, who I had not seen in forever. It was a fantastic crowd. I went up, you know, tried out a few new things, did some stuff that worked, and I had I had a great time. And then you leave, and they got this fucking somebody goes, "You gotta go, you gotta go to like uh, Backdoor Donuts." I'm like, "What's Backdoor Donuts?" They go, "You know, after they're fucking, you know, baking all day, you know, they sell donuts out the back." You know, cash only out the back, but blah, 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 and all this shit. Now, I know what you guys are saying. Like, Bill, why are you ratting these guys out? I'm not ratting anybody out. There was a fucking line like nine miles long. So it, you feel like you're doing some, you know, prohibition shit, like you're going into like a donut speakeasy, but you're not. <laughs> it's like, you don't have to know a password. They literally have like a line out the back, like you're at fucking Disneyland. And, uh, you know, I had been laying off this. I was just like, I don't eat desserts. I don't eat desserts. And everybody's like, you got to get the apple fritter. You got to get it. It's like, hey, man, I don't have to fucking do anything. But, you know, I'm gonna. The way you guys were all lined up here like fucking sugar zombies. So I ordered one. And I got to tell you, it lived up to the hype. I had like four bites of that thing. The thing was gigantic. You could split it between three adults. No problem. Or if you want early onset diabetes, you just wolf it down yourself you know, with another little donut chase or whatever. I had the thing, backdoor donuts, unbelievable. Midnight tacos, ate there, fantastic. Where else did I go? I can't remember the names. There's one place I went, I got oysters like twice in uh, J. Edgar Hoover Town. Anyway, I rode a bicycle every fucking day. I do this giant loop. I went around, and then I was getting coffee at this place uh, uh, behind the bookstore. A lot of fucking covert shit that's not too covert. You know, backdoor donuts, uh, fucking, uh, you know, behind the bookstore, coffee, down low brothers from Atlanta. You know, they got all kinds of, like, just seemingly, you know, clandestine shit, but it's kind of all out in the open. Anyway... (laughs) So I'd get my coffee there. I would get, I'd get the fucking papers, the papers every morning. I'd ride the bike into town. I'd get myself a Cortado, right? And I would fucking get the Globe and the Herald. And I would just sit there like an old man sipping coffee. And I would read the paper. And then I'd get back on my bike and I would ride home. Did that every day. It was like a 40-minute total ride. And, uh, you know, kept the pounds off. For the most part, you know, I may have gained a few, but like, uh, whatever. I'm going to be back in L.A. tomorrow. I'll hit the gym, back on the elliptical, you know. I think I maintain, which is pretty good. To be away for like six, seven days is, is pretty good. But anyway, let's, let's get to the deal. So we were staying in this little house, right? And I keep seeing like these Snoopy biplanes, a Snoopy biplane like flying by, Red Baron looking thing. And the first day I saw it, I was just going like, wow, look at that thing, man. I, I heard those things only cruise at like 60, 70 knots or something like that. Like that's top speed and they're da-da-da-da-da and all this, these ideas that I had. And I was like, man, I've always wanted to ride one of those. And then, you know, like an hour later, I see the guy going by again. I'm like, wow, that guy's flying for a while. And then I just started noticing like every like half hour or something, 
this red biplane would go over my head. And I'm like, they're giving tours. There's no fucking way. There's not tours. So they found out there's, there was an airport a couple miles away with a grass runway. Katama or some shit like that airport. Little breakfast place there. Evidently, they had a good lobster roll. I did not partake. I don't eat lobster. All right? Until they learn how to kill those fucking things before they drop them in boiling water. I don't know why they can't knock them out. They can't give them a little anesthetic. Why do you have to boil it alive like we're trying to convert its religion? You know? Um, anyway. So I go over there and I say, I say to the woman over there, I said, hey, you guys... Can I get a ride in that thing? And there was two of them. They go, yeah. So I go, all right, what's the deal? She goes, what's over there on the sign, right? So they had like, you know, these four different trips you could take. One of them was like an entire hour around the whole island. So I'm like, I want to do that. So she's like, fine. I go, can I do that tomorrow? She goes, all right. She goes, yeah. She goes, or you can do it in like in a half hour. We have an opening. And I was like, even better. I'll do that. All right. So I went in. I got coffee. You know, I come back out and she goes, all right, he's going to be landing soon. They had two of them going, right? And she says to me, you know, for an extra 120 bucks or something like that, you want to get the acrobatic package? And I'm like, what's that? He goes, "Uh, you know, they do like a series of seven acrobatic moves, like loop-de-loops and dive bomb and twisty turnies and that shit. I was like, yeah, (laughs) I want to do that. I've always wanted to do a fucking loop. In an airplane. Better yet, even in a biplane. So they're like, yeah, fine. So she goes, sign the waiver. Now I'm thinking like, what am I doing? I got two young kids and I'm I'm fine. This fucking guy does this all the time. He must, right? Then they gave me a parachute. And I'm like, all right, what's the deal here? Like, do I got to pull this thing? She goes, no. And I go, so it's like a static line, right? Because I've done that. I did a long time ago in Pepperell, Massachusetts. Ever tell you guys about that? 19 years old, one day course. Arc 1000, 2 1000, 3 1000. Look, if nothing, look, reach, pull. I still remember that. You're looking for your chute. If it ain't there, you have to look down to the red thing or else you'll be like fumbling for it like an old man trying to find his glasses. You got to look for the red handle and then you fucking pull it. So it was a one-day course. I guess in the Army, it's like a a week before they let you even do it, you know? But these people were just like, hey, you know. In fact, there was two guys in my class that were joining the army and wanted to be paratroopers and wanted to get one jump out of the way. So anyway, this is a one-day course. They send you a video. You watch like a VHS tape. This is back in 87, summer of 87. You watch the VHS tape of, uh, you know, whatever. All the fun you have, skydiving and all that shit. And then in the end, this lawyer just comes on going, you know, if you die, you can't sue us. And everybody's laughing nervously. So anyway, so we go to do it. And uh, I remember this, this bigger woman, you know, you jump, it was sit in the door, get out, go. Arc 1000, 2 1000, 3 1000, look, if nothing, look, reach, pull, right? So she does that. But when you pull one, and then they had a radio and they talked you down. They just had a spotter and they would just <laughs> fucking talk you down. And when they told you to pull the toggles, you had to pull it all the way down to your knee. All right. But, you know, she was a bigger girl. She had some ass and thighs. She was only getting it down to her waist. And I think with their weight, too, like she was dropping fast or whatever. She ended up landing across the street in a pile of loom um, and dislocated her knee. So that was a bummer. So then I went up there. And you know me. I don't pay attention, right? 
And uh, the guy, we're up there, and the guy's going, sit in the door. And I'm like, what? He's like, sit in the door. I thought he said, close the door. So I'm going to close it. And he's just sitting there smiling at me. I remember the guy was a jerk off. Like he was enjoying, like thinking that I was freaking out. I couldn't hear what he was saying. He was like, sit in the door. I was like, oh, all right. So I sit in the door. He goes, get out. I got out, you know. It's just like Fandango. They do the same thing. You get on. I'm actually acting out. You get on one foot. You fucking hang on. Like the, 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 the wing was over the fuselage. And you're hanging on to the basically the support thing, right? And uh, he slaps you on the shoulder. And I let go. And I was supposed to do arc 1000, 2 1000, 3 1000. But I did not. I let go. And I tried to like reach for something. And I started doing front flips. And my, as my chute was coming out, and I felt it go by my leg, like the inside of my right leg. I still remember that vividly. I still remember what that felt like. I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna just be like a fruit roll up with this thing and I'm gonna die. And, this, and I, had, like, I had that thought and then boom, it was just open. It was just so fucking stupid. And then, you know, I did the toggle things. I was fucking probably weighed 158 pounds, soaking wet, skinny motherfucker back then, right? And I just, no problem, landed, you know, and they say, don't look at your feet. You'll break, break your legs or something like that. So you just look. He's supposed to do this really elaborate roll. I remember I landed, hit the ground, and just did a face plant. Like when What's-His-Face got knocked out when they finally fought that boxer that's also a politician. I can't remember his name right now for some reason. Um, anyway, so I... Uh, yeah, so it's been a while since I, you know, put on a parachute. So I put the parachute on. <laughs> And then we walk over and there's just this fucking gorgeous plane, all right? And I'm talking to the pilot. I said, all right, I got the acrobatic package. Just don't make me puke, all right? He goes, yeah. He goes, we're not going to do anything you don't want to do. I said, all right, cool, cool. And so we get in the thing and I can see where they, they have like, you know, I'm sitting up front. So the stick that's going to be between your legs, they obviously take that thing out because you can't have some idiot like me just grabbing onto the thing. But the, the, the rudders, the, the, the foot pedals were still there. And they were like, don't touch this. Don't touch that. I was like, I got it. I, I'm gonna, just going to hold right here. They're like, cool. And, um, and that was it. They gave us like the this, this Snoopy fucking cover with the goggles and shit. And like singing, you know, I mean, it was like, the decision to do it, I drank a coffee and I signed a waiver. And next thing, like, it, was, it all felt like eight minutes. Next thing you know, I'm going down this grass runway in this open cockpit. It was, it was the coolest thing I think I've, I've ever done. It was amazing. And we just take off and he banks a left and we head over towards Chappaquiddick, right? And... Uh, and I was looking at the gauges and I saw that the, the, the VNE velocity never exceed was like 210, 220 knots. And the guy goes, yeah, he goes, it can go that fast. I thought these things only went like 60, 70 knots. He's like, no, he goes around 150, 160 knots. So the wind does start whistling through the wires, which I think would be unsettling because that would just sound like you were in World War II. But anyways, it was a 1942 biplane that they used as a trainer for, uh, I imagine, Navy pilots, because there was no Air Force back then. And it was the first thing that they taught them in to do acrobatics and the moves that they would have to do in a dogfight to not get killed or to follow a guy who's trying to get away and still be able to get a kill. And so this is like a 
I would think like the center of gravity of it, had really almost like a snub nose 38, like the, like the plain version of it that was probably really forgiving. So they worked their way up to the, the beast that they were going to be driving, essentially the Thunderbird Turbo Coupe. You know, sorry, all my references are from the 80s. Um, come on, the 1987 Thunderbird Turbo Coupe in silver. One of my buddies had that car. That car was fucking sweet. Uh, no one's arguing with it, Bill. So anyway, we, uh, we fly up, we're going around and I see this little bridge. I'm like, is that what Ted Kennedy went off with that poor woman, uh, Mary Jo? And he's like, yep, that's it right there. And we went around the whole island. He showed me like a shipwreck. We got up around, uh, you know, Oaks Bluff and there was a tall ship and he fucking nosed it down and we went like right by it. Oh, it was incredible. Uh, yeah, a couple of shipwrecks. One really old, one like recently, like no one knows what happened. The boat's just in 25 feet of water. There's nothing down there, but divers still go and look. Um, went around the whole island. He was talking about the Ice Age and all of this stuff. And he was asking me how I was doing this stuff. And I'm sitting there thinking in my head, like, when is he going to do, you know, the acrobatics, right? And uh, we go all the way around the whole island. You know, he showed me the 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 the, the part where... Uh, Spielberg shot Jaws, you know, when, he, when he, he goes underneath the bridge and everybody's on the bridge looking at it. He goes in, he bites that guy's fucking leg off. Then when we were up in um, a chill mark or something like that, that's where you first see Quint in the movie. Show me a bunch of celebrity homes and politician homes, all of that. But now we're coming around the backside of the, the island and I'm just thinking like, uh, he must have vetted me, you know what I mean? Because he was asking me questions and stuff. And I, I probably said something. I came off like a nervous Nelly. This guy thinks I'm a pussy, so maybe he's just not going to do it. And then just sort of flying along with talking and everything. And it's just, I, I literally felt like I was like in a convertible. It was one of the most relaxing things I've ever done. And all of a sudden, I noticed looking at the altimeter, we went from like 900 feet, all of a sudden we were up to 3,000. And I was like, oh shit, I think this is coming. He goes, all right. Now here's the, uh, here comes the acrobatics, all right? He goes, the best thing to do is uh, just look outside the aircraft. Don't be looking inside it. And uh, we'll, get, we'll get the scariest one out of the way first. And then I just hear the engine go like, <laughs> like he fucking, it sounded like he shut off the engine. I don't know what he did. The first one was the worst one because it was the fear of the unknown. And I just held on. I was looking in the plane. I was like, like <laughs> and I was like, why did I do this? And then the rest of them, were amazing, especially the backwards loop. It was just like, you just were, it looked like you were gonna go into outer space and then you were upside down. You're like, where the fuck am I? But it was all like positive G, so you, you felt like heavy. It didn't feel like you were gonna fall out, right? And that was the other thing too. He made sure my seatbelt was on. So that was another thing that made me like nervous. Are you okay? He's asking me like what it looks like, yeah? So uh, then we came out of that and then we did like a dive bomb down towards the ocean while we were spinning, which I think was my favorite. And I actually remember thinking while we were doing that, like, wow, this must be what it's like to die in a plane crash, right? And those are the only three that I remember the names of them, sort of. It was a, a giant loop. There was a, a the dive bomb thing. There was the first thing he did. And I don't know what the others were. There was, a, there was seven in total. And um, the pilot was amazing. I forget his name. Probably got my probably got shook out of my brain. But if you ever get a chance, if you ever go to Martha's Vineyard, you know it's funny too. Then we landed, 
and the people that were going on after me, they, they watched it because it was near the airport. They're like, dude, that was fucking sick. And they're all like, did you puke? I was like, no, no, I felt good about that. Like the, like the woman when she was going to get me out was going, ah, puke bag's not filled. Yeah, you know. The only thing that made me a little bit sick was just, uh, I think I breathed in a little bit of the engine fumes. Uh, that was the only thing that was getting me going, you know. But other than that, it was, it was unbelievable. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out a way to get back there again. And they actually give flight lessons. And um, I think I'm going to take a lesson, you know, just for the hell of it. I'll do the lesson and then have them do me some of those more fucking acrobatic things. But it's unbelievable. If you get a chance, it's in Edgartown at Katama Airport. And they got these two biplanes and they just, I mean, it's the greatest way to see the island, the, like the, the, the knowledge of the island. I mean, he was literally talking about how big the island used to be and how scientists have gone out like three, four, five miles away from the island and they dig into the, the bottom of the ocean and they get deep enough and they find, they find trees underneath the seafloor from, I guess, before the ocean came up or whatever. I don't know what. Uh, but it was fascinating. Showed me John Belushi's house, rest his soul, you know. Um, all of that type of stuff, man. It was so fucking cool. If you ever get a chance, you got to do it. Did I shoot some video? Yes, I did. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't shoot the acrobatics part or I would have lost my phone. <laughs> but if you ever get a chance, and I want to thank the pilot I'm definitely going to, you know, I don't know when the hell I'll ever get back there, but I am 100% without a doubt. Maybe I'll go there during the off season and I will go down there and take like a flight lesson because that was, uh, that was a bucket list thing. Um, I, I still can't believe that I did it, but I'll be posting a video soon of, um, of my plane ride. All right, my kid's flipping out. Hang on a second. All right, I'm back. Always putting out a fire. Also just had a fucking steak and cheese. All right, so that's my, that's my, that's my cheat meal for the week. <laughs> um, anyway, so thank you to everybody associated with, uh, make sure I'm saying it right. Is it Kat Katana Airport? Um, Katama Airfield, sorry. And that incredible experience. I had a, an unbelievable, unbelievable time. Unbelievable time. So with that, with that, um, I got some gigs coming up. Back east. I got Springfield, uh, Massachusetts, and I got, I'm doing someplace up in Halifax in Canada. Oh, Canada. Ba 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 da boo. I'm doing a gig up there. I'm always going up to Canada. I feel. You know, like the last time I was out here in the Massachusetts area, I did uh, I had my big show in Boston. And it was funny how like the, the road worked out where I didn't even get a chance to do a victory lap. Like last year at this time. I was getting ready to do a gig at Fenway. And I remember I was walking around town and there was all of these, you know, I'd see people, whatever, hey man, they'd be like, hey, good luck, good luck with your show. So I kind of felt like, uh, you know, the city was behind me a little bit, you know? It was a pretty, uh, pretty huge gig. 
don't think I've ever really mentally allowed myself to even think about it. And uh, anyway, I did it and it went great. And the very next morning, I was at the airport going to Toronto, Canada. <laughs> so I was joking. I was busting my agent's balls going, dude, you didn't even give me a chance to fucking do a victory lap, you know? I didn't even get to go into like one Dunkin' Donuts and get an iced coffee and hey, that was all right. You're a good shit. All right, go to the airport, you know? I didn't even get that. So, um... I don't know. You know, I don't know how the fuck it works. They're always trying to keep you going if you're out there. They're like, if you're out there, you got to be making money. I don't know how. I don't know how the whole the whole fucking circus works. Um. So anyway, speaking of which, uh, the strike continues in my business, and um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is a very crazy time. I think where everybody who works for a living, in other words, works for other people, you got to support unions because I feel like we are just going backwards where we're going to go back to like, hey man, if you want a job, you got to like, it's got to be like slave labor. It really is like the, the level of greed. I'm, I'm not even just talking about entertainment. I just, just straight across the board of these fucking assholes these corporate fucking ass, all of this fucking shit out there, right? Going after this, this fucking person said this, this person tweeted that and da-da-da. All these little brush fires that they're acting, that they're, that they're like, it's like fucking Armageddon. And meanwhile, all of these corporations, for the most part, are run by a small group of people at the top who are just lining their pockets incredible amount of wealth, you know, which, hey, they're running the corporation. They should be wealthy. But, you know, they're, they're literally eliminating the middle class, which I feel is that that was the thing that made this country great, is that you didn't have to own a company and oppress 800 people underneath you so you could get a big house or whatever. You could work for somebody and they had to pay you a living wage. And with that living wage, you could buy a house, you could pay it off, and you could have a wife and kids. Like, I remember when I was a kid, like the fucking, the milkman. Guy drove up in a truck, dropped off milk, picked up the empty bodies, empty bodies, empty bottles, and could afford to have, you know, where inflation was and everything, how strong the dollar was, could afford to have a wife and a family, and the wife had the option of working or not. And um, I don't know. I think that they just, they eliminated that. They went around the unions. I mean, let's be honest. You know, the unions did get greedy themselves and had the owners of the, 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 the fucking factories or whatever under their thumb, and maybe they pushed too far. And at some point, the factory was just like, well, fuck you. We're going to take it somewhere else. And um, I don't know, this global thing that the only way to turn a profit is if, you know, there's people, it's like everybody's loving these electric cars, all these environmentalists. And it's just like, if you look how they get it, there's like pregnant women in these mines handling whatever the natural resource is without any barrier between them. It's just, why does it always have to be that way? It doesn't. And then they go, well, if we didn't, it'd be fucking $40 a gallon. And it's like, why is that? 
Why is that? It's because you're not willing to take less of a fucking salary. You're not willing to make less profit. So if you actually have to pay people a wage where they're safe and they can live somewhere, halfway decent, you know, you're just going to pass that expense on to the consumer. You're never going to take it out of your pocket. And like just the level of that fucking greed and the fact that that is never, um, it's never addressed. I said that last time, like when someone was going like, this guy's writing on a hit show and he's living below the poverty line on the hit show, writing for a hit show. And somebody goes, well, the actor, maybe the actor should pay him some money. It's like, that doesn't, that's such a fucking stupid thing to say. That's like, like I said before, it's like you're working at Home Depot and the guy driving the forklift isn't making enough money. Oh, the guy managing the store. What about the owner of the fucking store? Sorry, kids are downstairs. And I also just like, what fascinates me is the lack of empathy that not just some random person, a person who's in the same boat has towards uh, people like, well, get another job. It's like, you get another fucking job. What do you do for a living? And then what? I'm supposed to not support you if you have a problem? I, I, don't, I don't get it. But the level of fucking greed that is going on out there. But, you know, I just don't think that it's, it's going to take um, regular people joining together because politicians are not, nor have they ever held corporations accountable if they do, they're just trashed in the media as socialists and communists and all that, and they destroy them before they even get a chance to get a campaign going. Or people pick that person, and then the Democratic Party goes like, yeah, no, now we're not doing that. We're going to get you a fucking career politician that's going to get into the Senate, and there's no fucking rules against insider trading, and they're going to turn their two hundred grand a year into $20 million, and it's totally fucking legal, and then they're going to go... I don't know what. Go buy a fucking aquifer. All right. I'm off my fucking podium here. <coughs> anyway. Um, it was very fun to be uh, back east here. Um, especially on this island, man. It's amazing. Like, uh, it's a, just a great mix of people as far as, like, uh, you know, people from around the world and, like, New York people, Boston people, different sports affiliations. Oh, my favorite thing. I met somebody at a coffee shop from New York. And he goes, I know you don't want to hear this, but I'm, I'm a Giants fan. Talking about the football team. <laughs> That's like a thing. Like Giants fans apologizing to Patriots fans. And I'm like, why do they do that? It's like, we, yeah, we lost two to you, but then we won three, lost two to you, and then won three more. And somewhere in there, lost to the Eagles. You know, like, what do you, like, it's that New York fucking thing where they have to figure out a fucking way. Next time a Giants fan goes, uh, you know, hey, man, sorry, I'm a Giants fan. Like, what am I supposed to, oh, hey, sorry, I'm a Red Sox fan. Sorry about 04. Sorry, I'm a Giants fan. Well, that's all right. You made it up with the Knicks, the Nets, the Mets, the Jets. The Rangers, the Devils, whatever your fucking soccer team is, the Yankees choking away a foot. Why would I would never do that? I don't give a fuck. It's just 
I think it's because they can't chant 1918 at us anymore. So now they got to be, oh, sorry. I mean, I know this is going to bug you. Remember that game you lost last decade, the decade before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was like 38. I'm 55 now. I'm over it. <laughs> um, I think that's what I'll say next time. Oh, sorry, I'm a Giants fan. Well, you know, but all your other teams suck. And not to mention, we also have... You're going to make me do this, dude? We have more Super Bowls than the Jets, Giants, and Bills put together. You have three professional football teams, and you still have less rings than we do. (laughs) So, apology accepted. Fucking jerk off. It's every reason why I don't uh, go into those fucking chat rooms. Um, Anyway, oh, look at me. Running my yap here. 32 minutes in. Let's do the... um, Let's do the fucking, the reads here, huh? I'm a Patriots fan. Sorry, rest of the league. Can you imagine doing that, just walking around apologizing? I know, I know it must be hard for you. <laughs> Dude was talking to me like somebody died. All right. Um, what do we got here? All right. AG1. Oh, our next partner is AG1. Alpha Gulf 1. The daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder in water once a day? Um, AG1 was designed with ease in mind so you can live healthier and better without having to complicate your routine. AG1, I just literally pictured like a serial killer. I don't have time to take all that. Oh, I guess I do. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. Uh, AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health, science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food sourced nutrients. Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food sourced ingredients of high quality that gives you major benefits like gut and mood support, or maybe I should take a drink of this the next time I meet a Giants fan so he can let me down easy about the Super Bowls we lost 15 fucking years ago. <laughs> Boosted energy and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. AG1 helps you build your health and foundation for us. Uh, if you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year sup- supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash burr. That's drinkag1.com slash burr and check it out. Um, All right, who's next? Oh, Simply Safe. Isn't that what we all want? I just want to be safe. Who's squeezing in one last getaway this summer? Before, Jesus Christ, it's the beginning of August. Plus, with global warming, you got chance until fucking October. Uh, before you take off, protect your home with the latest innovation from Simply Safe Home Security 24-7 Live Guard Protection. It's designed to help stop crime in real time. Now, if an intruder breaks into your home, Simply Safe professionals, monitoring agents can actually see, speak to. I love that, speak to. Hey, 
the fuck you to put it down. I said, put it down and deter them through the new smart alarm wireless indoor camera warning them that police are on their way. Well, why don't you wait till the police are outside and then be like, hey, buddy, we've been watching the whole thing. Cops are outside. You fucked. Instead of giving them like a fucking head start. Uh, Simply safe professional monitoring agents can now warn intruders that they are being recorded and police are on their way in real time, stopping them in their tracks. Well, that's a big thing before they do damage. Uh, With advanced motion detection and vision AI, the smart alarm indoor camera can sense the difference between potential intruder and pets to reduce false alarm. You know what? In the future, nobody's going to be, when AI takes over, nobody's going to call their kid Al. You know, everyone's going to be calling him AI. No, it's Al. Oh, sorry. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say with advanced motion detection and vision, Al. 24-7 live guard protection and the new smart alarm indoor camera works seamlessly as part of the entire Simply Safe home security to keep your whole home safe for break-ins, fires, flooding, and more. Right now, my listeners get a special 20% off any Simply Safe system when you sign up for free. A free month trial of fast protect monitoring. This special offer is limited is for a limited time only. Visit simplysafe.com slash burr. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash burr. There's no safe. Like simply safe. Lastly but not leastly, our old friends, they've been with us from the beginning. Stamps.com, dude. Uh, when every person, moment, and penny counts in your business, you can't afford to take any of them for granted. Stamps.com gets it because for the last 25 years, they've been helping businesses like yours save time and money. So you can focus on your business knowing Stamps.com has all your postage needs covered with premium discounts and great rates. With Stamps.com, all you need is a computer and a printer. They even send you a free scale so you'll have everything you need to get started. If you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through Stamps.com dashboard. And if you sell products online, Stamps.com seamlessly connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Set your business up for success when you start. Get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with the promo code BURR for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com. Click the microphone at the top of the of the page and enter the code BURR, B-U-R-R. Um, I was just thinking about that shit. That with that technology, you know, if somebody breaks into your house and they can like dial these cameras up and be looking at the dude as he's doing it. And the amount of people that are going to get caught doing that, like serial killers in jails are going to be just like, he fucking... You Gen Y, Gen Z fucking serial killers, man, you know? You don't know what you missed. We used to kill people back in the day. There was no cameras, right? Like, I think in the future, there's just going to be, like, cameras everywhere. My question is, is what's, what's to stop some pervert from just turning it on when you're just home, though? You know? Watching you scratch your balls as you're eating a grilled cheese sandwich. (laughs) And all of a sudden your house is like the fucking Truman Show. There has to be, 
I don't know, checks and balances that they can't do that. I don't know. That's the only thing that weirds me out. I just figured I'd say that after there was enough distance between this and the read. Um, all right, let's get to uh, let's get to the uh, the content for the week. Um, all right, Jim Ursay. Oh boy, the biggest crybaby in fucking sports. Hey, Bill, did you hear about Jim Ursay and his twenty million dollar donation to help free a whale that has lived in captivity for fifty three years? Apparently, he does he does a lot of stuff like this. I still hate that he owns all the cool guitars. I don't mind that he owns all like Prince's guitar and Jerry Garcia's guitars. Like those things, like a guy like him should own that after those people die because he's never going to make any music with them. It's done. Your job as a musician is to make your instrument famous. So after you die, a guy like Jim Irsay can be like, you see that ukulele? Um, anyway, apparently he does a lot of stuff like this. I still hate that he owns all the cool guitars, but he, but also glad he's probably got security on them. Does the whale thing change your mind about him? No. Who doesn't like fucking whales? This is just common courtesy. You know what I mean? It does not change my opinion about him. Like the, the guy is the biggest crybaby in the NFL while cheating his fucking ass off the entire time and everybody ignores it because they weren't successful. Changing the rules of pass coverage, pumping crowd noise in. You ever see that one where the fucking thing's... I'm not going through this again. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I Because I can guarantee you his $20 million donation is... There's something beyond a tax break. Because people think when you don't you donate a million dollars, you get you get to whack a million dollars off your taxes. You don't. You get to whack, well, it would be like five hundred grand, because you're in a fifty percent tax bracket at that point. But the other five hundred grand is just gone. So there is a donation going on there. But um no, it doesn't change, you know, acting like, you know, being a rich person and actually doing nice things for people and animals, that's what you're supposed to do. Okay? But like owning a team and cheating your ass off while also slandering another team for doing what the fuck you're doing is is just, uh, I don't know. I always love stuff. It's like when Trump was going like, you know, I'm going to drain the swamp. It's like, well, dude, you can reach the plug because you're neck deep in it. Like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um. I'm a mob boss. So I'm going to stop the mafia. All right. Tom Brady taking over UK football team. Oh, look at this. This is all sports this week. Oi, cinnamon balls. I actually like that. I think that's nice. I want to live with some cinnamon balls. Uh, what do you make of this? Tom Brady is now one of the owners of Birmingham City Football Club in the UK and chairman of the new advisory board. I don't know much about American football other than out of all the names you Yanks could have called this game, you had to name it after the biggest sport in the world. Almost like, it's because you guys, we don't pay attention to you. You know, you guys are always paying attention to us and what the fuck, you know, movies we're making and their, our blue jeans and all of our fucking music. We don't pay attention to you. We don't give a shit. We left. 
all right? When are you guys going to move on? We broke up with you in 1776. We got our own shit over here. You got your own shit over there. I don't give a fuck that you called, you know, the, the trunk of boot and the, and the hood of bonnet. I don't give a fuck. I really don't. You call French fries chips. I don't know why you call them that, but I don't give a fuck. How could you name French fries chips after the biggest fucking snacks over here? Do you hear sound, see how dumb that sounds? I don't care. All right? I look at soccer as Europe's answer to professional wrestling. <laughs> Except our professional wrestlers take way better bumps than your fucking soccer players do. Anyway, almost the biggest, almost like Twitter branding as American Facebook. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. Because everyone in America knows what Facebook and Twitter is. Nobody really pays attention to soccer. Um, plus, being the only sport where the halftime show for the biggest fixture of the year is a bigger deal than the game itself. Uh, that's not true. It is for you because you don't give a fuck about American football. Uh, when Shakira's dance moves get more traction from the Super Bowl than the teams do, that's not true. That in your paper, yes, not in ours. Uh, perhaps the halftime show needs to be fucked off or someone needs to have a rethink. Ha ha. No. The halftime show, getting some woman out there to shake her ass with leather pants is for you guys to be watching. So everybody still makes money. So you're actually contributing to our economy by watching the halftime show. Real football fans, we just watch the game. We tape the game and we fast forward through all of that bullshit. So I hope that clears it up. Seriously, though. Oh, Jesus. He's getting out of his stand-up act. But seriously, let me tell you. I love Tom Brady. I know Tom Brady is an... Oh, geez, I put that in there. I, I know Tom Brady is an absolute fucking legend. But what do you make of this? What do you think Tom Brady can bring to the table? Can only be a good thing to have such a winner on board, surely. I, for one, think it's absolutely fucking amazing news, and I'm glad it's not some Saudi Arabian dude taking over. Uh, Later's my favorite shaved orangutan. Um, well, it can go either way. That shit goes either way. You know, you're not liking the Saudi Arabian dude taking over. I mean... That's like, you mean like a businessman? Or do you not like Saudi Arabian people because they fly all their cars over there and rev their engines and stop and go traffic in London every summer? I don't know what the deal is, but I will tell you, watching George Steinbrenner, a businessman from Cleveland, Ohio, buy the New York Yankees, and he brought them back. So, I mean, if you get a businessman that really wants to fucking win, that's not necessarily a bad thing. All right, and then getting to Tom Brady... I mean, all that guy does is win. He's won at every level. When he left the Patriots and went to Tampa Bay, he won again. So um, I, I can only think that that's a good thing. I don't know anything about the Premier League. I love the Premier League. I love the logo, the lion, right? And I also like that if you're in the bottom tier of... Uh, the football league, they fucking kick you out. I think that's hilarious. Like, yeah, you're not... This is the Premier League. You guys did shit this year, so go fuck yourselves and then let's give somebody else a chance. I think that's very democratic. So I like it. I hope, I hope he's super successful over there. Um, 
that kind of seems like a thing that people are doing. I want to say a couple of actors bought a small football club over there. Am I right? Am I right? Um, I don't know. Who knows? Who, 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 I, I, I don't... I got to be honest with you. That, that sounds like a 24-7 job. I will tell you that. Um, I know that if I bought a team... That would become my major focus as far as my business went. And I would be like, I have got to bring these people a championship to prove to them that I'm not just some douche that made money telling shit jokes that I actually give a fuck. Um, But that's got to be exciting, though. I would be just sitting there like, I can't believe I'm in this meeting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Am I really going to make this decision? Uh, I think it's cool. I think that uh, him being over there is great. I also think that it's going to bring a uh, more attention to uh, to soccer in the, in this this part of the world. I think more kids are playing it. Less people are playing American football because it it destroys your brain. Which I would love to hear somebody over there in England talk about CTE. All these years where you're like, a bunch of fucking pussies. They're not like those, those tough rugby players. It's like, they're both tough. They're both tough. It's just different kinds of tough. Like, what are you talking about? Like, these guys over here actually commit suicide from, you know, the results of playing professional football. Do people in rugby commit suicide? Are they having their leg amputated because they can't deal with the fucking pain anymore? You know, are they doing that? I don't know. They forget who they are and commit suicide before, mur- you know, after they murdered their whole family. That's the guy in the Chiefs did that a long time ago. Um, anyway, ro- Jesus, it's getting dark, huh? All right, robot destruction. Hey, Bill, I'm not excited for the robots to take over. When I started seeing those four-wheel boxes rolling down the sidewalk delivering stuff, I wanted to see them get smashed up and destroyed and laugh when they broke down or kept ramming into a wall like a video game glitch. However, I just watched a video where people are fucking with the robots. Good. The robot is just trying to do what it's programmed to do. It's like how low frequency. It's like a low frequency animal in a way. Yes, right now it is. You know? Do you see what the first airplane looked like? It was like you were laying down riding a bicycle, you know, with fucking paper mache wings. Um, Now you get the stealth bomber. Um, Anyway, I can't relate to most wild animals and I don't want them in my home, but I also don't want to see anything get fucked with. Let me be clear. I don't think robots should get the right to vote when they eventually can start talking and living among us. But it seems like we're the one who lose either way. Yes, we will. We will. And they will keep us divided with blue and red ties. It's the simplest formula possible. You know? Um, And I think robots do it all the time. Anytime there's any sort of intelligent discourse happening on social media, someone will chime in. And say, you can blame Donald Trump for uh, Biden's America. And then it just spins it away. And everybody forgets about what the real issue is and what we're talking about. And they just go tit for tat like Yankee and Red Sox fans or, you know, 
whatever, Ohio State, Michigan, whatever you want, whichever rivalry you want to pick. Um, Wikipedia. Hey, Bill, I argue with my friends and wife all the time about Wikipedia. They think it's the word from God, uh, the word of the Lord. I understand it's a great reference for surface level stuff, but they'll use it to make editorial points. Any asshole can edit Wikipedia. That's true. Um, but I, I do think they have some sort of fact check thing going on there. Um, remember when you would walk over to the encyclopedia, grab the letter you want and read about where a sparrow lives? There wasn't some bullshit about how sparrows were used as a symbol of hate or something back in medieval days. You could just get the basic information. What's your take on this? Am I being a cunt? Um, no, I think, I think you wanting something better than Wikipedia. I would say it, it depends on the level of information that you're looking for. Like if you're looking for like, you know, what year was Red Fox born? I mean, I would believe that on Wikipedia. But if we're getting into other things, um, more complex things, like um, world history versus like what actually happened, then you're kind of, you kind of, you have to do your own research. You have to go beyond Wikipedia you have to read history books written from people on the winning side and the losing side. And then you have to formulate your own opinion about where the truth lies. And then on top of that, you know, you have to understand that you're unbelievably flawed and you're reading about shit that already happened a lot of times, 100, 200, 300 years ago. So, you know what my feeling is? Is if you really want to enjoy your life, uh, just keep your life simple and just hang out with your family and tell them you love them and read books and stay away from your phone and all of that stuff. I found, you know, since I started reading again, I'm a lot more relaxed. My brain isn't all over the place. I already have a brain that kind of bounces around. And when I go onto Instagram and these things, as much as I love them, I fucking love Instagram. I, I mean, I really... Enjoy it. Hilarious clips. Um, I love YouTube. I love all of that shit, but I don't love looking at that shit instead of talking to my kids or just looking at it instead of reading a book. Um, I think I should. you should treat it like a fucking uh, a dessert or something. You know what I mean? Like you don't just eat dessert all day. I mean, you probably shouldn't eat dessert at all. It's probably, that's probably a bad fucking example. You know what I mean? You go out and get a steak. Steak's delicious or whatever. Red meat evidently is high to fucking, you know, I don't, I don't go Oprah here. Start fucking with people that, you know, slaughter cattle and shit. I'm trying to find a fucking example where someone's not going to get annoyed. But you know what I mean? I think, uh, you know, if your biggest problem in life is people are quoting Wikipedia as facts, um, I think you're living a great life. You know, some, speaking of Instagram, there's this account that I follow, which I don't have at my fingertips. And it's somebody that actually goes into what used to be called third world, I guess they're called new world countries now. So we've given them a nicer name as we still sort of fuck them over and control their natural resources and fuck with their economy and place people in power that do not have the country's best interests, but our best interests. 
involved because we are the beacons of freedom. <laughs> anyway, this person's down there actually helping people out. And if you see some of their stories and the situations that they're in and the day-to-day fight to survive, um, you know, it's a great kind of thing. I just, I was joking with the person that sent me the clip going like, everybody should watch this every day you know, should look at this clip and you you would have nothing to complain about. And then I wrote, oh, wait a minute, then I, I would have no act. So I can't watch it every day. But <laughs> anyway, um, I like to think that I'm a beacon of freedom. Beacon of freedom, that's on my Wikipedia page. It isn't, but right now somebody can upload it. Comedian, actor, Beacon of freedom. <laughs> um, anyway, I find that when any some somebody something is referred to as a beacon or a bastion, it's usually bullshit. It's a bastion of liberal ideology. Oh, is it? Is that what it is? Or is it really just a bunch of people that agree with you? Um, I remember somebody saying that about Atlanta. It's a bastion of liberal ideology. And then I talked to some people that live there like, yeah, it's, you know, if you're in the CNN building, maybe. Um, oh, that was from that classic fucking Joe DeRosa. <laughs> that one where he went on. The fuck was that guy's name? I go to Atlanta all the time. That one. You know, it was a classic clip. I can't fuck. Just look up Joe DeRosa Atlanta. You'll find the clip. It's one of the great podcasts. Pete Dominic, one of the great podcast fights of uh, of all time. Um, anyway, sad to be leaving Martha's Vineyard. Um, by the time this is posted, I'll be home back in Los Angeles. But uh, I did have a great time, you know, coming back here. And uh, what an incredible experience. Once again, thank you to everybody associated with the... Uh, you know, go to Edgartown, giving them a shout out. You gotta, you gotta do the, the, the. You gotta take a ride around, even if you don't do the uh, aerobatic shit. All right, if you just cruise around the island, oh my god, I will. There is literally something I will never ever forget. It was fantastic. So thank you to everybody, and uh, that's it. I hope you guys have a great week. Go fuck yourselves, and I'll check in on you on Thursday.